Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Front Porch Tailgate. I'm Michael Scott. And I'm Byron Hazley. Welcome to the 51st episode of the podcast. That's right. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. B. Hayes. How you doing over there? I'm doing good, man. It's fantasy football draft season. I'm out here in my glory. I've been drafting daily since last Friday. Loving it. Loving life. You know what? It's a damn shame that you've been drafting teams since last Friday and you haven't picked one solid winning team yet. Mike, you know I'm a true champion when it comes to fantasy. That's one thing you cannot deny. Fantasy is a niche of mine. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you guys out there. You know, Byron and I have been friends for a very long time. You go to his house, he's got a whole room dedicated to his trophies for fantasy football. What? Get okay, I, okay. Being completely what? honest, I am lying to you guys, but there is one big trophy sitting in his kitchen. It's like gold, and his wife it's polishes big. every day. You know, it's really it's nice. Big. Yeah. All right, you're just making stuff up now. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> how you doing, Mike? How's how's everything going? You know what? Over Everything's going good. I've been uh, uber productive this week. Been doing a lot of writing. Been working on a lot of promotional content. And uh, as always, hanging out with the Chihuahua. What about you? Like I said, man, fantasy. Been drafting my ass off. And family time, man. Took some time off this weekend. Got out on the smoker. Smoked some wings. Smoked some ribs. Had an enjoyable Labor Day weekend, man. And you You know know what? what? I made a couple steaks last week. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm still hell waiting of a, on mine. Hell of a steak. Well, now that I've done the trial run, you're definitely going to be impressed when I come down to cook my steak at your house <laughs> for you. I see you wore your uh, Lucky Green shirt today. Are you I hoping did, to make you know good? I'm glad you brought that up. Because you know what's underneath. Oh, no. Where's football season, baby? Patty is back. Where's my vomit bag? (laughs) Good Lord. Is it that time of year already? Oh, you know it, baby. What do we got got on the the, show today? Well, well, we'll slow down. I know you're excited and we got a lot to talk about, okay? But before we get going, I want to make sure to let everybody out there listening know, make sure you guys leave your comments in the chat throughout the show. And let us know if you got a take and you want to jump on and join us live. Also, make sure you guys are sharing this live stream with your friends today. Reach down and hit that button right now. Also, make sure you guys are tuning in and joining us every Wednesday. You can watch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. We do it every week at 9.30 p.m. EST. That's Eastern Standard Time. Also, make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast. It's available on any major platform, including Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. That's Man, that's a lot of channels, Byron. I need a drink. Hey, we're all over the place, baby. We're worldwide, and we appreciate everyone that tunes in weekly. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, again, make sure you reach down and you put them in that chat box below the stream. So, Byron, are you ready for today's show? Oh, I'm ready, Mike. What do we got going? I see you got your Kansas City Chiefs jersey on, but where's your helmet? I'm not playing. I'm just supporting. Come okay. On All right. So, first things first, before we dive into NFL Week 1, and some of the things that have been going on, we're going to touch base a little bit on some NBA basketball non-playoff related at this point. The Oklahoma City Thunder and head coach Billy Donovan agreed to mutually part ways yesterday. Donovan's expected to be one of the hottest candidates on the market. There's a lot of teams out there looking for a head coach. Byron, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Surprise, to be honest, like, what more could they have expected? I could see if he didn't get them to the playoffs, but he got that team of misfits put together. He did a great job of coaching that team and leading them into the playoffs, man. What more can you expect from them? What did they go? What they go to the six games, seven games? They went somewhere, man. It's just like, what more can you expect from your coach at that point? You dealt away nope. all the superstars. Kevin Durant leaves. So you trade away Sergi Baca. You trade away Russell Westbrook. You give him old man Chris Paul. What more can you expect from that man? Coming out guns blazing, Byron Hazley. And I completely agree with you, and I'm glad that you used the correct type of verbiage and calling this group a bunch of misfits because, really, they don't have anybody but an old gray Chris Paul who, might I add, was showing out in the series against the Rockets. This guy has built up his buzz to the point where the Milwaukee Bucks are rumored to be trading for Chris Paul this offseason. But let's digress back to the Billy Donovan news. We've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Why in the NBA are we continuing to fire playoff and winning head coaches? Billy Donovan has made the playoffs with the Oklahoma City Thunder five years in a row, which includes a trip to the Western Conference Finals. Now, I guess we could say he wasn't exactly fired, but he wasn't exactly retained either. And in my mind, that's the same thing. You're shipping the coach out of town. You think you're going to go through a rebuilding phase and you're going to bring in someone better to weather the storm during that time period or maybe someone to be a stopgap? I don't like the move. They should have found a way to make it work with Billy Donovan because he's a fantastic head coach. Absolutely. I mean, the guy led a team. They had three point guards. That's who their main contributors were. Three point guards. Like yeah. what more can you what more can you ask from the three point guards out there leading this team? They're doing a heck of a job. Grass for them. Now you're gonna bring in someone else and shake it up. Like, that's just not a good call-wise. I hope Billy Donovan goes somewhere, finds someplace that adores him, and, uh, you know, maybe he goes back to the college game. Who knows? And and let's, let's take a step back here, and let's let's talk about the transformation of this roster. I mean, let's face it. Billy Donovan was brought in to lead Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, all these guys, essentially, to an NBA championship, and none of these guys are here at this point. What you none. have here is you have Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Dennis Schrader, 
and Steven Adams with the ponytail. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't strike me as the kind of roster that's going to go out there and really scrap and fight and claw all the way through the playoffs to an NBA championship title. Agree 100%, man. Like I said, it's a bunch of misfits. This guy did the best job that he could with it, and they decide to part ways. Hey, it is what it is. Like I said, I wish that man the best, and Oklahoma City is going nowhere fast. Well, happy trails to Billy Donovan. There's a handful of jobs out there that he looks to be lined up for, including maybe Chicago or Philadelphia. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But, Byron, there's some other news going around today in the NFL in the past few days. Hell, the past few weeks. There is a lot of players signing high-dollar contracts as free agents or high-dollar extensions. Tell us about some of those deals. Man, we have seen it happen over the last couple of days in a big way. Uh, let's start things off with Deshaun Watson. He just signed a huge deal with the Houston Texans. We know the Texans aren't afraid to give out dough. They gave it out to, um, who was that old quarterback? Brock Osweiler. So why not give it Brock. to someone well-deserving of it? Uh, he ended up with $111 million in guaranteed money, a four-year $160 million extension. So kudos to you, Deshaun. Good luck at the bank. I know it brought you to tears. Sign him for that money. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Well, first things first, Byron, when I think of that kind of money and an average of $40 million a year, I'm thinking, wow, that's a whole lot of pesos. Wow. And let me tell you, he's going to have a little bit of fun with that money, right? But being completely honest with you, when I heard about that contract, the first thing that came to my mind wasn't even about Deshaun Watson. It was about Dak Prescott. And then I started thinking about all the guys that, the, that have been signing over the course of the past few months. And mm -hmm. the fact that the NFL salary cap is actually lined up for a steep decline next season. And it's making me think that there's no way in hell Jerry Jones is going to give Dak Prescott that money. It's no, looking, so that, it's looking yeah. to me, it's looking to me like he's going to play this year out on the franchise tag possibly again this next year. I know they're trying to rework things in Dallas, but we're going to find out real quick just exactly how big or how deep Dak Prescott's greed goes because the Dallas Cowboys just reworked the contract of an offensive lineman to free up about $8 million in cap space. And I'm going to be honest with you. If he declines the next offer, it's going to be very, very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, we've talked about that quite a bit, um, but kind of digressing back here, really happy for Deshaun, well-deserving guy, grew up, you know, by no means in a, in a wealthy area down in Georgia, so really happy for this guy to get the opportunity to play the game he loves and earn a lot of pesos while doing so. Absolutely. Who else is out here getting paper, Byron? So, you know, we've got a cornerback that showed up to training camp last year in a Brinks truck, uh, Mr. Jalen Ramsey. He <laughs> signed a record-breaking deal with the L.A. Rams for a defensive back, five-year, $105 million. Um, guys, making some 
making some cash. I mean, L.A. They cut. They cut. That's uh, a lot of early. Got out from underneath that extension before it ever began, and now Jalen Ramsey's getting that same money. Now, let me tell you this, Byron, because this is a five-year deal. But the way this thing is front-loaded, it's shaping up to possibly be a one-year deal, right? I think the L.A. Rams are trying to build some buzz out there in Los Angeles. They got the new stadium opening up. They got those new jerseys, and now they got a big check going to Mr. Jalen Ramsey, and let me tell you, he wanted the Brinks truck. He got it because the Los Angeles Rams are backing up $71.2 million guaranteed at signing, the largest guarantee to a defensive back in NFL history. That's a lot of pesos. Holy cow. Holy smokes. That don't sound like a one-year deal to me. You give me $71 million guaranteed at signing, and I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be around for very long. I'm going to have a real good time, and I'm going to disappear. <laughs> well, you can't disappear if somebody <laughs> pays you that. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah i mean hey. i'm happy for that's another guy happy for hey. man he's grinding 71.2 million dollars i don't have time to go work out at the gym anymore i'm busy counting my paper you got to make more you got to earn it now 71 point million dollars with the interest rate on that no way i'm done <laughs> i'm done so that's not so just so you know the guarantee is not his signing bonus. The guarantee is that the company takes that or not the company but that team takes that money and puts it into account into an account so that it's there. They guarantee that that money is there. I listened to a podcast a couple of years ago when they talked about contracts and the guarantee versus signing bonus and all that. So there's there's definitely a difference. But um, he's got to earn that money over time. So I don't think it's quite a one-year deal uh, or he'll be gone after one year. He's probably will be there for all five years. Uh, I don't know. Every contract is different, you know. That guaranteed money at signing, oftentimes some of those guys do get that money up front or it's broken up into large chunks. Whether you're giving me $71 million or you're giving me a $20 million check in the first year, I don't care. It's a lot of money. I'm taking it. I'm running with it. I've secured the bag. Who's the next high-dollar free agent to sign a deal or an extension in the NFL this offseason? Yeah, so Jadavian Clowney signed... Finally signed with an NFL team. He signed a one-year deal with the Houston Texans for $16 million. Now, this deal did not come without controversy, of course. So he actually had agreed in principle to a deal to sign with the Saints. The Saints are right at the cap, so they wanted to do a sign-and-trade with the Seattle Seahawks for future draft picks in order to bring him in. Because if they got them via trade, they can go over the uh, the salary cap. But if they just straight sign them, they couldn't give them the money that he wanted. So they that route. The NFL nixed it. They told him, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. 
So then he ultimately signed with the Tennessee Titans. They had the available cap space. So Jadavian Clowney making a defense that's already good get better. Now, let me ask you this, Byron. You said the deal was for $16 million. Now, is that including incentives? Yes. So that's a whole heck of a lot less than the $20 million this guy was supposedly holding out for earlier this offseason. Well, to be honest with you, he fired his agent early, either Thursday, sometime at the end of last week. He fired his agent, found a new one, and then he almost immediately signed a deal. It was like boom, boom, boom. He's with well, Byron. Can you can you blame the guy? I mean, he sat out literally all winter, all spring, and all summer. And here we are into the early parts of fall, and the guy still didn't have a job. Now, Jadavian Clowney is no reels knocking guys out for years. But let me tell you this, okay, Byron? This guy does not sack the quarterback, and that was a major problem with him getting the money he wanted because what he was asking for was game-changing, franchise-changing, defensive end money. Now, this guy gets more pressure than most guys out there on the market. He absolutely wreaks havoc in the backfield. But this season... I'm looking for him to come out and play with a chip on his shoulder and make a statement and say, hey, I'm Jadavian Clowney, I'm a bad motherfucker, and I'm here to play football. Well, you just might see that. I mean, he signed a one-year deal, so you got to expect this guy to be in the double digits and sacks. You got a one-year deal. You've essentially bet on yourself that you can play at the top of the top and earn a big contract. You know, you got to stay healthy because if not, you screwed yourself. He better do something. Let me tell you that. Who else is getting paper out here? Well, this guy isn't necessarily getting paper, but he has found himself a job because as of last Friday, he thought he was done with the NFL once he was cut from the Washington Redskins, who I'm speaking of, NFL legend Adrian Peterson. He has signed with the no one other than the Detroit Lions, a one-year deal with the Lions. They're bringing him in, mentor these young backs. Forward down the field. Forward down the field, baby. So the Lions trying to upgrade that backfield, trying to ground and pound, protect Matthew Stafford. I mean, no more excuses, stat sheet. We need you to produce, baby. We need something. Absolutely. Byron, this is great news for the Detroit Lions because not only does Adrian Peterson bring in another tier to that running back group, another guy that Matthew Stafford can lean on to grind out short yardage situations, goal line touchdowns, but he also brings that stable of running backs, including DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson, a certain level of professionalism. This guy is one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL, and he is by no means done at this point. And these guys are going to get an up-close-and-personal first-hand look at what it's like to be a professional and be the cream of the crop on a daily basis. Now, the wheel, the tread on the tires is worn down quite a bit, for Adrian Peterson, but let me tell you, this guy has a little bit left in the gas tank, and I am excited to see what exactly he's going to be able to do this Sunday at Ford Field at 1 o'clock against the Chicago Bears on Fox. 
Here we go, baby. Here we go. Lions, we need you to show up this year. Absolutely. Now, when I think of Adrian Peterson, Byron, you you raise your beer, you take a drink, you better toast to him. Because I remember watching this guy play as a freshman against USC in the national title game when he was with the Oklahoma Sooners way back in the day. That oh, is yeah. a bad man. And I'm not talking about the kind of bad man that Stephen A. Smith likes to talk about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about a grown-ass man playing amongst boys at 18 years old. That guy was an absolute tank, and he's still a tank today. He's just lost a step, but we still love him. And he's good enough for us here in Detroit. So all you naysayers out there who are saying we should have signed him four or five years ago or that he's done and got cut by the Washington Redskins, get your brujas ready and strap it up because this Sunday it is on. Absolutely. He's been a guy that's... I'm pumped up. The NFL's back. I see that, and I love it. I love it. You know, AP, he's always been a guy that's played well in Detroit. I don't know if it's because we've had suspect run defense or he likes playing in Detroit. Either way, I'll take it. AP, we need you to show up. DeAndre Swift, need you to show up. on Johnson, need you to show up. Detroit defense, need you to show up. Four quarters of football. Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Let's go, TJ Hawkinson. Let's go. And don't forget about Taylor Decker. Jonah Jackson and the whole rest of the damn offensive line. <laughs> they better strap it up. They better strap it up this Sunday because it is on, baby. <laughs> Get the Gatorade bottles ready. I've already got my Bud Lights ready. I, I, oh, I can force baby. what's going to happen. Setting ourselves up for failure. That's why I got oh. my Mahomes jersey on. Patty, Patty, my homie. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm so excited I might just have to call off work on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be pissed. Oh I want to see some Lions football. All right. We got a comment coming in here. Someone who's got Andy something. Joey oh, Hunter. Yeah. Don't forget about Danny Danny Amendola. Is he even gonna see the playing field at this point? Because he's our starting slot. He's our starting yeah. slot receiver. He wasn't. He was their starting slot receiver until Quintez Cephas showed out at training camp the past month. Nah, bro. There's a lot more than a couple of weeks of showing to get yourself on the field. Danny Amendola's, you know, he's a veteran. He knows his craft. He knows the quick in and outs. You know, he'll be there. Trusted receiver. I'll take Danny Amendola. Hey, take it easy. Wipe that sweat off your head. And let me tell you this. Danny Amendola. No here, baby. No sweat. He's more of a player coach than an actual on-field weapon at this point. He's one of those guys that's been brought in to obviously set the tone, build the culture. And uh, Marion Stewart, Mister, just came on here and he said, "Byron, quit yelling at the Lions players." Stu, and he wants you to know that the line that Amendola is trash. Hey, that's fine. That's that's his own personal opinion. I'm sure he's rooting for the New England Patriots this year. Stu is a, a known Cam Newton lover. You know how there's LeBron fans? He's a Cam Newton fan. So wherever yeah, Cam goes, he'll be there. So I expect you know to see him in a number one New England jersey at some point throughout this season. Hey, take it easy on the Cam Newton LeBron lovers because you're a hybrid. 
<laughs> you're, a slappy, you're, a, you're a slappy for both. <laughs> I'm a hybrid. No, yes. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on that level, Mike. Don't get me wrong. I respect the greatness, but uh, not not on that level. All right. Speaking of greatness and respecting it, it's important to. Uh, mention Mike Trout this week. This guy went out and hit his 300th career home run to become the Angels all-time leader passing Tim Salmon. Byron, what was your initial reaction when you saw that news? That is unbelievable. I mean, you take a look at where he's trending right now in his career. If Mike Trout can stay healthy, he's on his way to big time records, man. Major records, 300 home runs at the age of 28. Come on, Mike Trout. He's a stud. And have you ever seen this guy's neck? I mean, he looks like he was built to smash baseballs out of the park. Now, Byron, I got a couple figures here. I want to take a second, and I want you to go through through them with me because I haven't always been such a big Mike Trout fan, right? I think he's great, yeah. but the guy just doesn't really get my blood flowing. But let me tell you what. That all changed the other night. I was rolling through Twitter, okay, and I came across these stats. You know I love the stats. So Pete yeah. wrote by age 28, had 1,327 hits. Mike Trout, by age 28, has trailed him by only three hits at this point. He has 1,324. Pretty damn good, right? You know I love Pete Rose. Absolutely. So, so here's another guy that's name comes up in this conversation. Ricky Henderson, by age 28. Ricky Henderson had 900. 40 runs scored. You know how many Mike Trout has by age 28? 903. Could you imagine if Mike Trout would get some guys on his team that could actually hit the baseball and get him in? This guy's absolutely fantastic. And the list continues, Byron, because he's on a historic pace. Barry Bonds, by age 28, had 222 home runs. Do you care to ask how many Mike Trout had by age 28? How many did he have, Mike? 285 home runs, Byron. Now, Barry Bonds juiced up, yes, but he is the all-time home run king. So to make a long story short, Mike Trout is like a wildebeest on steroids playing the game of baseball. This guy is absolutely incredible, and let me tell you, as time continues on, and like you said, if he manages to stay healthy, you're going to start seeing records fall. And people, let me tell you, you better appreciate it because Michael Trout from New Jersey is probably the greatest baseball player you will ever see in your lifetime. He's a modern-day Babe Ruth. That's what I've been trying to tell you, Mike. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Welcome to the party. Whew. I'm glad it's better late than never, Byron, because let me tell you, those numbers and figures and names got me excited. So and now, they didn't even talk about how many bases this guy's possibly stolen in the past few years. He's nowhere near that. You got to remember Ricky Henderson. He was stealing like 100 bags a year, man. He was way up there in stolen bases for years on years on years. That record will never be broken. 
I don't care. P pair Mike Trout's, you know, at plate and base running performance with his skills in the outfield, and this guy's like a human highlight reel. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I love the guy. He's great. Yeah. Yes, you do. All right, before I get too excited, because I'm getting to the point where I'm getting like way too excited, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> we're going to switch gears here. The NFL season is starting this weekend. A lot of people said it would have never happened with what we've been going on, had going on with COVID-19. Let me tell you, the boys are here to play, and we got some big matchups going on out there. First things first, though, we have some previews and predictions for the upcoming season. Byron, which player do you have your eyes on that has the most approved this season? Well, um, there's a couple that you can throw out there. I would say that Baker Mayfield's got quite a bit to prove. He's got a lot of hype. He's kept himself quiet this offseason. Um, I would say he's got something to prove. I think Big I Ben think he's got something to prove too. Hopefully he can that? show up to the hopefully he can show up to the ballpark, you know, or the field not looking like a damn bum this year. Get yourself together, your former number one overall pick. Yep. Uh I also think Cam Newton in New England, he's got a lot to prove. Uh I doubt so. Bill Belichick as well. People are doubting him that he can do it without Tom Brady. Um, so well, I think he's already doing right subway there. commercials, scaring people. Go ahead. Bill Belichick's out here doing subway commercials. He's scaring people. The yeah, behavior, the behavior is unusual. I will have to check that one out. And then uh, those are two in the AFC. In the NFC, I think that. Uh, you know, you're looking at a team like Jared Goff and the Rams, the L.A. Rams. They got a lot to prove this year. I don't know if they could. They've been struggling. They struggled last year. They ultimately finished with a 9-7 and seven record, which I'll take that in Detroit any day of the week. But for them, you know, that's a bit of a struggle. So it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. And then, as always, one of the biggest spotlights, goes to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott, he's got a lot of pressure on him, so I'm interested to see if he can do it down there in Dallas, get them back to an NFC East title. You know what, Byron? I completely agree with you. Dak Prescott needs to put in work this season and get that Cowboys team to a Super Bowl if he wants to see if he wants to see the dollar figures that he's expecting. Now, you came up with a great list of guys, but you forgot one guy, Byron. You forgot one. And Tom guy, Brady. Tom nope. Brady in Tampa. Nope, I'm not even going to go there because we're going to have plenty to talk about when it comes to Tom Brady here in a few minutes. Now, okay. The one guy you forgot to bring up has a lot to prove, and that guy is one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League, Big Ben Roethlisberger. This guy hasn't played since last year during week two. He's coming off an elbow surgery. He weighs about 350 pounds. He just shaved his beard. He's found religion. He's quit drinking. This guy has got a statement to make, and I think we're going to start seeing that this Sunday at Heinz Field. 
I did mention Big Ben, but I was uh, interrupted as I was bringing up Big Ben, so then I pivoted to another player as well, talking about well, Cam it's Newton. It's a good thing because I just gave him one hell of an introduction. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens with Big Ben. His elbow is blown out. He had the surgery. He's gone back and said he's dealt with it since basically entering the NFL. So we'll see if Big Ben comes out looking better than he ever has. The way he's talked about it, it seems good. But that defense in Pittsburgh is nasty. So Absolutely. he's just got to be able to score some points. Because last year, they could only score about 10 points a game. Yeah, well, I think they're going to – I think it's a safe to, bet to assume they're going to score at least 15 a game this year with Big Ben. Now, there's one other guy that we're missing out on that we're both forgetting that I just realized, and he's got a lot to prove this year as well. Do you have any? Do you have any idea who I'm talking about? No idea. How about now? Gardner Minshew, the mustache Minshew, has a lot to prove this year. I don't think so. There's no pressure. He can either A, come out and be a stud, or B, he can be a dud, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be going into the NFL draft next year looking to pick up Trevor Lawrence. And I think the latter is the route that they're taking. <clears throat> they're going to give him a year to see what he's got. If he blows their socks away and they win, great. If not, then, hey, we'll go get a quarterback here in the draft. I know how how Jaguar esque would it be if Gardner Minshew showed out this year and the team <laughs> missed out on drafting Trevor Lawrence only for uh, Gardner Minshew to uh, take a downward turn next year after the draft? <laughs> that would be very <laughs> Jaguar esque. <laughs> but you know what? Quarterbacks come out every single year. They always have QBs that come out, so they're fine there. Even if he does have a big year, it'll just, you know, skip to the next generation. Maybe they'll draft uh, Tua's little brother, Tula. God, don't even get me started on the Tonga Vailoa brothers. Now, they could go out and they could sign next year's version of Ryan Tannehill. There's always one of those guys hanging around too in the free agents or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Magic Patrick, Fitzmagic. What I say, the Magic Patrick. So let's so let's pivot here. Let's talk about uh, our sleepers and surprise teams. So who's your sleeper for this year? Let's talk NFC and then AFC. So who you got, Mike? Well, my sleeper team this year in the NFC, a team I think is up and coming. They've also got a lot of savvy vets. They, hell, they've even got wide receivers that negotiate their own contracts, and they've got defensive players that are capable of playing all over the field. I'm talking about Isaiah Simmons. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. I'm talking about Larry Fitzgerald. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm talking about Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they're in one of the toughest divisions in football, but let me tell you, I don't know exactly whether or not this team is a playoff team, but I'll tell you this. They are a team that could jump on you every single week and surprise you. There's a whole heck of a lot of young emerging talent down there paired with some veteran leadership, and it's going to be interesting to watch them on a week-to-week -week basis. 
I like it. I like it. Who you got in the AFC? Well, hold on. Before we get to the AFC, who do you got in the NFC? Dare I say it, Mike. Dare I say who my sleeper team is out of the great murder mitten state of Michigan. The Detroit Lions getting their way into the playoffs. That's my sleeper. I think a lot of teams sleep on Detroit. They don't always get team's best effort. I think they're a much improved team. They knocked the draft out the park, in my opinion. I like the Lions' chances of making the playoffs. I completely agree with you. I think the Lions football team is a very good team this year, and a lot of people obviously are sleeping on them at this point. Hell, the Lions have been sleeping on us as fans for over 50 years, so we understand. But, Byron, let me ask you this. Do the Lions make the playoffs via the wild card, or do they win this NFC North division outright? I'm going to say wild card. I'm going to say wild card. I'm not brave enough to say that they will win the division. Wild card. Well, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about your AFC finalist. Or I'm sorry, your AFC surprise team. Yeah, so my surprise team, I've actually got a couple here. um, But I'll just narrow it down to one. And I'm going to go with. Excuse me. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland, they had all that hype last year. They had, you know, a goofball for a coach. I like the Cleveland Browns. They kept their heads down this offseason. I like what they're going to do. I like the makeup of that team. Got a nasty defense. They're just in a really tough division. But if they can figure it out, and inch their way into that wild card berth. I like Cleveland to find a way because there's a lot of teams rebuilding in the AFC. Now, I'm not going to go out here and I'm not going to pick sleeper teams that I think are going to go make a big run into the playoffs. I'm out here picking sleeper surprise teams that are going to make some noise and perhaps ruin the playoffs for some other people. And I'll I'll tell you what, that AFC division – North division that you got going on there is a very difficult division to play in. You got the Baltimore Ravens. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got the Cleveland Browns. But nobody's talking about my Cincinnati Bengals and my buddy, Joe Burrow. Bengal Joe has arrived in the NFL. He's been drawing rave reviews all throughout camp. And let me tell you this. This guy may not be a threat to land his team in the playoffs this season, but they're going to make some noise. They're going to put up some points, and they're going to knock some people off. Let me tell you that. Because Joe Burrow, Byron, is a future champion in the National Football League. It won't be this year. That defense is dreadful. Oh, it so definitely won't nowhere fast. Hey, but they're going to put up some points. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. They'll be in some shootouts for sure. Joe's going to toss that pill. Oh, yeah. And you know what? He's going to look really damn good doing it because this guy is absolutely fantastic. You call him Bengal Joe. You call him the Cincinnati kid. You can call him the Ohio Food Pantry for all I care. This guy is absolutely what? fantastic. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. 
So, so what do we got here? Who do you think in uh, finalist-wise? Let's dive let's, into our finalists. Yeah, we're going to get away from the lightweights, and we're going to move over to the heavyweights, right? So when we're talking heavyweights in the NFC, my finalists are going to be from the same division. We're going to have two NFC South division opponents. We're going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we're going to have the New Orleans Saints. And those guys are going to collide in the conference championship for the NFC. Who do you got, Byron? So I like the Saints. I like the call of the Saints. But that 49er defense, I like them to come back. They got a chip on their shoulder um, because of the way that they lost the Super Bowl, had a lead, pissed it away. So I like the 49ers versus the Saints in the NFC championship game. Stop, stop it right here. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. You're telling me that you're putting stock into Jimmy Garoppolo after watching last year's Super Bowl I'm when you got guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees out here with world class football teams on their side. They made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. I never said that they were going to win it. I said they'll play with the chip on their shoulder, which I 100% agree that they'll with myself that they'll be playing with the chip on their shoulder and they'll be in the NFC Championship game against the Saints. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo is still having nightmares about the Kansas City Chiefs defense and the Honey Badger, okay? I think that he's going to definitely regress this season. I'm out on Jimmy Garoppolo this year. I loved him last year. It was a big mistake. I'm cutting ties. I'm dumping the stock, and I'm going to invest it into two of the greatest of all time, champions. It had the, the tune has not changed from our predictions last year. You had Breeze and the Saints. I have Tom Brady and whoever he plays for. Oh man. That's awesome. Yeah, I like I like the Saints making it to the Super Bowl, but that's we'll get to that after Joey we talk about the Joey Hunter's thinking the Seahawks are gonna be there against hey, the Bucks. Hey, I I I can almost guarantee it'll be someone from the NFC West. Hell, it could be the LA Rams if they can figure it out offensively again. Hell, it you could be the Cardinals. We it could just be the Cardinals. Know. That's one of the, I think that's the toughest division in football because they're four oh, yeah. You know what's you know what's fantastic about this whole thing and about all these debates we got going on and all these opinions and all the people chiming in with theirs. It's football season, baby. It's football. The season. NFL. We're back. Is here. We're the back. NFL is here. Byron's got his 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 uh his twelve pack ready for next Sunday. He's got his Chiefs jersey. Shit. He's probably tomorrow. Not gonna... We got tomorrow. Tomorrow, baby. Right. So, yeah. Woo! Look how excited. Look at how excited Byron is. The tailgate started tonight. He put his jersey on already, and he's already drinking. He's not going to work tomorrow because he's got to get his Chiefs headdress all ready to go. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Listen. Listen, you have to stop with the chop. Some people might find it offensive out there in America. Oh, my apologies. So, my apologies. So, so with that being said, let's talk about the AFC because we're getting way too pumped up on the NFC. I'm sure we are AFC finalists at this point, at least one of them. Byron, lead us off. I know this is your realm. Well, 
Look so no I'm further. gonna let you bask in your glory. Look no further than the Kansas City Chiefs making it to their third consecutive AFC championship game, led by none other than Patrick Mahomes. I think they will face off this year against a very hungry and pissed off Baltimore Ravens team. So I think we'll have the Chiefs versus the Ravens in the AFC championship. You know what, Byron? I'm with you here on the Chiefs. I think they're going to be one of my AFC finalists. That offense is top-notch. They've made all the right moves to actually improve that team, bringing in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and locking up some of those guys long-term. They're going to be a nightmare to face for opposing defenses for years to come. But I don't think that Lamar Jackson is going to be able to get out of that AFC North division alive this year. It's going to be very difficult. He's going to be banged up, and that's going to pave way for your favorite guy, Cam Newton, and the New England Patriots to continue doing what they've been doing over the course of the last 20 years, and that's winning football games and contending for championships. You think Tom Brady's got something to prove? So does Bill Belichick. So does Cam Newton. So does Josh McDaniels because he's turned down head coaching jobs to stay with this Patriots organization. And let me tell you, there's a lot of guys on that Patriots team who want to get out there and prove that they're capable of winning championships and that it wasn't just all Tom Brady. No, I agree. You know, I'd feel a lot better about the Patriots if they weren't missing two defensive starters, Um, you know, and those are good all-pro players. It's not slouches that they're missing. And I think they lost two other players um, to the Dolphins, right, in offseason. A couple of linebackers, right, if I'm not mistaken, the one that played – Used to they, play for they, the Lions, and then there was they've another. They've lost guy. a lot of guys. They've lost a lot of guys, but what a lot Bill, of turnover. But will, what Bill Belichick continually does is he continually goes to the bargain barrel, picks up guys that everyone's sleeping on, and he turns them and molds them into champions in a matter of twenty-one weeks. Okay, they go through the whole regular season. They go through the whole postseason. Hell, we can add in the preseason even. So maybe call it 25, 26 weeks. They come in as bums and they leave as champions. Now, there's one guy that I want everyone to keep an eye on this season for the Patriots defense, and that's Chase Winovich. He had a hell of a year last year as a rookie playing in that system in New England. And let me tell you, he's going to be a breakout player as a top defender this year at the linebacking position for the New England Patriots. Hey. We'll see. I hope so. I like who they took in the second round of the draft, too. I'm sure he's going to make an impact as well. What was he, a Division II player, something like that? He's going to be an impact player for them. Chase Winovich? Well, Chase will, but they also drafted, I think, an outside, like a hybrid safety. You're talking about that Bill Belichick was working out in the rain when everybody right. else rather than going to the combine. The combine. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm interested to see what exactly happens with that guy because that's a great start to his NFL story. Now we've established our conference finalist, Byron. And man, we're spending a lot of time talking football today. We're already at 48 minutes. Holy cow. But let me tell you this, or let me say this. We have Super Bowl predictions on deck right now. Who are your two teams, and who's your champion? 
Well, I think the Saints will finally make it. The Saints will finally go marching to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it will be in a losing effort, and we will have back-to-back Super Bowl champions out of Kansas City, Missouri, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Repeated. huh? Let me let me tell you a story, Byron. I gotta tell you a story. And it's a story of destiny. It's a story about a young man who started off at the University of Michigan. And at the time he wasn't in the greatest shape. He looked like a Lane Bryant model, right? And so this guy came to the NFL, drafted in probably the sixth or seventh round. Way later on, he won six NFL championships, six Super Bowl rings and he's considered to be the greatest quarterback of all time now this guy's destiny is not complete because what he did was he packed his bags he wanted to get to warm weather he went down to tampa bay with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove he joined a team with the front office who did everything in their power to surround him with the best team possible i mean they got dollars flying down there in tampa bay like it's the 80s in miami okay and let me tell you this The guy this year will be driving right to the same stadium he plays in every Sunday to go win his seventh Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs so he can let everybody in the NFL know, including Patty Mahomes, exactly what it is. Tom Brady is not done. He's going out. Seven is heaven, baby. Woo! Get a drink of water, Mike. Take a breath. Relax, my man. It's destiny, Byron. It's destiny, and I'm pumped up. As long as you can build that up and tell yourself that, I wish nothing but the best for you, Oh, I'm not going to tell myself that, Byron. All season long, you're going to get so sick, so sick of the recurring theme that you're going to want to vomit because what I'm intending to do is speak it into existence. If I got to hit Tom Brady up on Twitter every day just to let him know that he's a champion and this is his year, I'm going to do it. He's going to have to get a restraining order to get me to stop. Oh, man. Take it easy. What's that movie movie with the teddy bear? All in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ted? Is it Ted? Yeah, Where they try Ted. to break into his house and, and jerk him off? That's what you're sounding like right now. Mark Wahlberg. Take, take it easy. Now you've crossed the line. I will not be accused of sounding like someone jerking someone someone off. That is absolutely ridiculous. I would have rather have had you call me a killer like Robert De Niro in The Fan with Wesley Snipes than some dude breaking in to jerk off a teddy bear, okay? (laughs) You are out of your mind for making that outlandish claim. Oh, man. So let's pivot here. Let's talk a little college football. Let's talk a little college football since we have that now back, right? All right. Let's talk about it briefly. We got Dabo Sweeney. Oh, I can't get over the fact that you just accused me or compared me to a guy jerking off a teddy bear. <laughs> That's fucked up. that <laughs> realm. <laughs> <laughs> This is a classic episode. 
right. man. Joey Hunter is dead. He said, you ain't right, Byron. <laughs> do we need, saying, do man. we need to take a commercial break, or are you ready to go on I'm to college Let's talk a little dabble. All right. So Dabo Swinney is adamant on not waiting for the Big Ten or the Pac-12 to potentially return to play. He does not want to delay the college football playoff this year. Byron, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I thought it was funny because last week you and I had discussed that. You know, you and I, we talked through it, and you were pretty adamant yourself saying that you felt they would have some type of playoff and try to play for a championship with the teams that were going to be fielded this fall. Um, I'm still the belief that they won't. They will not have the college football playoff just based on the fact that the NCAA has canceled all championships for the fall of 2020. I can't see them changing course um, at this point, but, you know, who knows at this point. If you get a bunch of people putting pressure on them, because that's the only thing that they govern in football is whether they have championships or not. Right. And here, here's my thing. If you firmly believe that they're not going to play a college football playoff or a championship game, that's your business, Byron. And let me tell you, they don't have to recognize it. But you think for one second the Clemson Tigers and the Alabama Crimson Tide or whoever it just may be, talk about BYU, you know, I don't care. There's a lot of good teams out there. And if you think for one second these teams are going to go undefeated and get down to the nitty-gritty and there's going to be an AP poll every week where the writers are voting, here's one, here's two, Here's three, and here's four. And if you think those four teams aren't going to collaborate and get together somewhere down at the Georgia Dome or wherever it just might be and play a college football playoff, you are outside of your mind. <laughs> Maybe. And I might be outside of my mind. Who knows? And you Who know knows? what? I it's just can't see it happening. I just can't see it happening unless, like, this whole COVID thing just magically goes away. This fall at some point. Let me tell you this. A month and a half ago, you couldn't see college football or the NFL happening. But guess what? Things are happening, Byron. The world is continuing to trek on because the world is realizing that COVID-19 has been blown way out of proportion. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on now. I never, ever, ever said that I didn't think football was going to happen. I always felt football was going to happen. There's a whole so lot of naysayers out there. There's a whole lot of naysayers out there and a whole lot of people in disbelief. But let me tell you, college football is happening this year. And the college football playoff is happening this year. And you know what? Shame on the Big Ten and shame on the Pac-12 for sitting it out and robbing these young people of their chance at glory and their chance to build themselves a future. If the boys want to play, let the boys play. These moms, these moms that don't want them to play because of the risk of contracting COVID-19 are the same moms that didn't want them to play peewee football. They're the same moms that overreacted when they got a scrape on their arm from a cleat. They're the same moms that got all upset when some boy first laid the wood on their son at the 45-yard line, okay? This is football. It's not baking. It's not cupcake designing, and it's not checkers. It is in your face. It is life or death, real deal, violence. It's 
football, baby. <laughs> and only the strong survive. And right now, Dabo Swinney and the Clemson Tigers are proving that they're going to be one of the last teams standing because they have already one hell of a program and they are not scared to take the field. And let me tell you this, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to financial prosperity and the development and continued growth of these major powerhouse programs, the entire Big Ten and the entire Pac-12 are going to be set back from this for years to come because all these young kids coming from high school, their ultimate goal is to get into the NFL and get paid, and they go to these colleges essentially to develop, to pursue that goal and that dream. And what they're learning right now is that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 doesn't exactly take football very seriously. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if these other teams are able to play without any issues, without anything going on with COVID, and they're able to keep their players healthy and safe, that's going to be a huge black eye for the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and it will ultimately impact recruiting, impact everything, really, for those schools. Joey Hunter is not even involved with the Big Ten. He's a fan on the show, and he's already solved the problem. He's already come up Maybe. and formulated a well-thought-out plan that probably took him three minutes. Hell, three seconds to come up with when the Big Ten chancellors and presidents have had all summer and all winter to come up with a plan. He said get the permission slips out. Yeah, they they've already play. said that they'd sign a waiver. They told him no. These guys are practicing. They might as well be playing. They're not practicing. They're just working out. Well, they're in walkthroughs where they're five feet apart and they're working out and lifting. They're in film sessions. They're doing everything they would be doing besides hitting each other. Well, they're not running plays and doing all I that. Be shocked. I, would be shocked. I would be shocked to learn that Joe Milton has won the University of Michigan football quarterback, starting quarterback job without ever throwing a pass. You're telling me these guys aren't on the field separated five feet apart? running seven on sevens or running yeah play. but i mean like as a team they're not running team organized activities they're they're waiting to install the offense these guys are by no means not on campus or not working out and not working towards a common goal of building a f winning football team and and what are you talking about joe milton won the job that's the rumors coming. Those are the rumors coming out of Ann Arbor right now is that Joel Milton has eclipsed Dylan McCaffrey and will no, no. be the will be the University of Michigan's starting quarterback next time that football team takes the field. That's Dylan McCaffrey's job. That's Mike. the news. I know you don't I know you don't like Dylan, Dylan McCaffrey's McCaffrey. A <laughs> I know you don't like Dylan McCaffrey. But that's your quarterback. You you can be a Dylan like McCaffrey slappy if you want. You can be a Dylan McCaffrey slappy, and you can be all about him. But that is the word on the street from the sources that are coming out of Ann Arbor. Look into it. Hey, he has surpassed I, hey. the young man. We'll see what happens when they take the field. At this point, we don't know when they'll take the field. Hopefully, it's this What's fall. I've heard as early as October, but at this point, who knows? Let's talk about the NCAA football power rankings. Who's your top five this year? Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to exclude Ohio State because they're not playing. Um, but I like Clemson. They're returning Trevor Lawrence. 
I like Alabama. They just, you know, they're Bama. They're always there. They have a quality team. They'll be ushering in a new quarterback this fall. But I like what Alabama to the table. I also like Georgia. They're also a steady team, solid defense. They play a pro-style offense, have a horse of running backs running back there, you know, and um, always a very exciting team. And then in addition to that, I like Oklahoma. I believe they're actually starting their first non-transfer quarterback in the Lincoln-Riley era. Um, they got a young man. I think they're going to start a true freshman this year or a redshirt freshman, um, but he's going to be a young stud. So I like him coming in, making some noise. And then I also like the Florida Gators and what Dan Mullen's doing down there in Florida. I like their team. They'll be well-coached, well-prepared. Um, they'll be a team to look out for this fall. So those are that's your top five, huh? That's my top five. Sticking to it. It's not bad. It's a it's a good looking top five, and it's pretty similar to what I read on ESPN earlier. But let me tell you this: everybody's going to be really close because there's a handful of teams not playing, right? And there's just going to be a team or two that may be a little different. So I'm going to give you my top five, and I'm going to start with number five, and this is for all. My fighting Irish slappies down there in South Bend. Ian Book and the Notre Dame fighting Irish are going to be in the Still ACC there. for the first time in history competing for a conference championship this season. And it's a good quality program. It's a good football team. And outside of Clemson, there's no real stiff competition that that team's going to be facing this year. So I'm bringing in my fighting Irish at number five. And I'm going to predict that they potentially only lose football games this season to the Clemson Tigers. And they're still going to lose three football games because they're going to play the Clemson Tigers once early on. They're going to play them in the ACC championship and lose. And then they're going to end up getting in to the college football playoff oh, as, hell no. as a team that's only lost to the Clemson Tigers. And they're going to lose again to the Clemson Tigers in the semifinals. It's 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 possible. It can happen. And that's what I'm calling. Number four, I'm going with Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler, and the Oklahoma Sooners. The guy's an absolutely fantastic head coach. He's got probably the most fantastic offense in college football. He's going to work wonders with another young man once again. And what's great about it this time, he's not a transfer quarterback. So we're going to get a good look at this guy over the course of at least the next two years because he's only a redshirt freshman. Then what we're going to do is we're going to move over to the SEC. And what we're going to have here is Dan Mullen in his third year with the Florida Gators. And that quarterback, I believe his name is Trask. I Kyle Trask. I don't know his first name. I just know Trask. I remember another Trask. He ran a lot of people over. We're not talking about it. But Trask, Dan Mullen, and the Florida Gators are a program on the rise it's his third year with that quarterback. The Florida Gators are definitely going to turn some heads down there in Gainesville. I'm out on the Georgia Bulldogs this year. I don't think they're going to be what they've been the past few years. We're moving to number two. When we talk about number two, we are going to talk about Dabo Swinney and the Clemson Tigers. It's an absolute fantastic team. They got Kyle Lawrence. They got Travis Etienne. They got prospects up the wazoo. But I don't think 
that this is their year. I did not like what I saw from Trevor Lawrence last year during the college football playoff. I'm going to roll with Alabama. I'm going to roll with Mac Jones. I'm going to roll with the stable of running backs, and I'm going to roll with old reliable and Nick Saban and a tenacious Alabama defense who has linebackers returning and the impact freshman linebackers coming in. Hey, man, I like it. I like the list. I like it. And the name you're searching for is Kyle Trask. Kyle. Kyle Trask, that's it. And Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I got Trevor Lawrence. I got him. What did I say? Kyle Lawrence. Well, I got him mixed up. I was I was working myself into a frenzy. <laughs> You're on a run. You're on a run. You're on <sighs> a run. So we're at an hour and five minutes. We got... We got to go over our picks. We got to talk about our final take. Give us a quick NBA playoff update, Byron. Yeah, so it's been an exciting NBA playoffs in the bubble. We got the Milwaukee Bucks, number one seed in the NBA playoffs. They're knocked off. Giannis got hurt, uh, or Giannis got hurt. Miami Heat came in. They're a gritty team. They play hard. They play with a chip on their shoulder. They've advanced now to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they are awaiting the winner of the Celtics versus the Raptors. The Celtics took a 3-2 lead into tonight's game. I'm not sure who won that game. Mike, can you give me an update as I'm rattling through this? Would you happen to know who won that game? You know what, Byron? I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. It was in overtime right as we dove into the podcast, and I have not looked. I know the Clippers are up 48-40 right now against the Nuggets at halftime, but as far as the Celtics game, we will keep you guys posted. So I just looked it up. We're headed to an all-decisive game seven. Series is tied 3-3. Um, the Raptors won by three and double overtime. So um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fight over there in Jurassic Park. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and they will pose some problems for the Miami Heat with all of that length. Same thing with the Celtics. They're both lengthy and athletic teams. The Heat are, too, but they can't go really big because the Bama and Bayou, I think he's about six nine. That's about that's their best big man. Him and Kelly Olenek. Hey, that's uh, all you need. That's all you need. Have you heard of a guy named Dreaming Green? I have. I have. But he also has Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And for a while there also had Kevin Durant. But digressing back here. So in the Eastern Conference, headed to a all decisive game seven for the Celtics Raptors. Can't check that out on what's today? Wednesday. So I'll be checking that out Friday evening. Then on the West, we've got the Lakers. They're up two to one against so the Lakers have actually struggled quite a bit with Houston. They've gone, you know, they've needed some excellent shooting performances in order to win these games. So I'm wondering what will happen because the game that they lost, they did not shoot it well. So I'm wondering, will that ultimately cost them? Because, as you know, they're not the most consistent team when it comes to shooting. You know, they're Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. So, We'll ultimately see what happens, what comes of those L.A. Lakers over the course of the next couple of days. They play Houston tomorrow, and then they'll play again in the Saturday night special. Um, and then in addition to that, we've got the Clippers playing tonight. They're up early on the uh, Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets have caused some problems to them. Denver's up 2-1. to one. They're leading the game tonight. 
looking to move to three and one. I think the Clippers will eventually move through. They're still trying to gel as a team, but we have seen some inconsistency from the Clippers. Now I'm wondering if that will ultimately be their demise and prevent them from winning a championship because there's a lot of inconsistency and a lot of gaps I see with the Clippers. Byron, I heard you mention that the LA Clippers are still trying to gel as a team. It is the goddamn playoffs. They better get some damn glue. Hey, they better get some glue and get it together. Now, Let's talk about the Miami Heat. You mentioned that Dreaming Green had Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry. Well, Bam Adebayo has got Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. They are absolutely fantastic. I am jumping on the hype train right now, and I'm calling Miami Heat for my Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals over the Boston Celtics, over the Toronto Raptors, and over Giannis and the Bucks, and I'm glad it only took you a year to figure out that his name is Giannis, not Giannis, because I cannot tell you how sick I am of hearing you say that. But I love you. Yeah, I mean, I guess it goes the same with me with the Tua Tagovailoa that you used to call him. Tagovailoa. So, uh, it doesn't Tagovailoa. matter. Tagovailoa. You used to call him Tagovailoa. Yeah, so. I know. It's it's a. It was bad. It was embarrassing. Yeah, for a full season. Yeah, well, now now he's in the NFL, and we're only going to have to worry about saying his name for about two more years because he's going to be a bust. We'll see. We'll see. Give him, he'll probably redshirt this year. We'll see. Joey Joey Hunter said Paul George is heating up. The Clippers are starting to gel. Joey Hunter. playing off P. I'll tell you what I told Byron get these guys some damn glue. They better get it together because right now Denver is two points behind them, and it's looking like this is going to go game seven. I would hate to be the Clippers on the losing end of this thing because Jamal Murray is a dog. That guy's killing it. He is. They got some grit. They got some grit. I just don't think they've got enough because the Clippers, they're too deep at every position, so they can get rest, give guys breathers, come back in with that same energy. The Nuggets got to go with a quick – you know, six, seven guys in their rotation. They don't have the depth that the Clippers have. Here's the thing, though. If the Nuggets can get Michael Porter Jr. to start playing consistently and get Bobo a little playing time on the court, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, I just don't know if the NBA bubble is the place for get Bobo those types of minutes. Well, he was doing a hell of a job before the playoffs, so get him out here. Byron, the people are sick of talking NBA. We didn't talk about it very much. People are all about football this week. Tomorrow night is a big deal. We got Chiefs and Texans out there. But before we kick off the NFL season, we're going to have to bring back the one great thing that made this show in the early days when it was really raw, the front porch tailgate pickums Week one. Steak dinners are on the line. Yes, sir. We got a handful of picks here. So let's dive right in. Let's let's go hot. Who you got here? Game one, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns versus Iowa State. Cyclones. The Cyclones are minus 11 and a half. 
Who are you taking? You know, Byron, I'm, I've got a specific team in mind, but I was curious about who you were thinking about. I'm taking Iowa State. That guy made a bold move. Michigan State reached out to him for an interview. He declined. Uh, Matt Campbell, he declined, wanted to stay at Iowa State. So he's got something brewing there. He wanted to stick with it. He's been there a few years after leaving Toledo. I like Iowa State there, minus 11 and a half. You know what, Byron? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that I feel the same way as you do. I'm going with Iowa State minus eleven and a half. It's a it's a decent program. They've been scrappy throughout the years, and that Matt Campbell guy one made one hell of a good decision staying away from East Lansing. Let me mm-hmm. tell you that. Take it easy. We got Mel now. We did even better. We got Mel Tucker. Anyways, back. Who? So we've got Duke taking Ooh. on. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Notre Dame's minus 20 for the home opener. Who are you taking, Mike? You know, Byron, I'm not on the up and up on Duke this year. I'm going to be completely honest with you. In, in seasons past, they've been a team that's been there down at the end during bowl games. They've been a little high profile with David Cutcliffe. However, I don't see them putting up a good game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in South Bend. My brother, he runs a pizza joint down there. He's already sweating because he's going to get busy as hell this weekend with all the fans watching Notre Dame. Shout out to Matt. And uh, I think Notre Dame's going to hang 40 on this Duke team. And this Duke team will be lucky to put up 14. I'm right there with you. I think Brian Kelly will have his team ready to go, fired up. And unless Daniel Jones is coming back to play for Duke, they don't have a shot to win this ball game. So I'm taking the Fighting Irish minus the 20 for the W. It's going to be interesting to see what exactly goes on down there in South Bend because this is a town or a city that's built around Notre Dame Fighting Irish football. And for the first time in their history, on opening day, there's going to be no tailgating, and nobody in the stadium. And that's a big stadium. It is. It is. and There will be, be no players there'll be no players singing and dancing with the marching band standing on the wall this year. It's going to be all football. Hey, why not? Who, why, can't, what, what, why can't the band social distance themselves in that empty stadium and play? He, the I, players I need the band. I I have no idea. I mean, there'd be plenty of room. It'd probably sound room. It'd probably sound terrible, but no, uh, it'll be like all the way around. But anyway, there wouldn't be that. All right, digressing, digressing, continuity. Digressing back here, Mike. So let's get to our next game. We've got Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets taking on the Florida State Seminoles. The Seminoles are minus 12 and a half. Who are you taking here, Mike? Byron, I don't know, man, because Florida State is a program that's been down and out for a couple years. And Georgia Tech is always one of those teams that can jump out and surprise you. And I don't think that they're the Florida State Seminoles are 12 and a half points better than Georgia Tech. So I'm going to go with Georgia Tech and take the points. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, I, on the other hand, I am going to take 
the Florida State Seminoles. You got Mike Novell taking over the program that's kind Ooh. of been through it, kind of Ooh. been through it the last couple of years. He's known as an offensive mind. He turned Memphis's program around. I like what he's doing. I like his chance in his debut at home to win down there in Tallahassee at, uh, what is it, Camp? What Camp is it, Randall. Camp Randall Stadium? Camp Randall Stadium. But here's the thing, Byron, about this no, it's pick. Not Camp Randall. And Where it, did they play? It's, it's it Doak whatever. Walker. Doak Walker Stadium. Yeah. Anyway. Go ahead. Here, here's my thing about this game and why I'm going with Georgia Tech. In order to win football games at any level, you have to have this certain thing on the field, and it's called talent. And, you know, the Florida State Seminoles have been through – they've been through it the past few years. I mean, they've had turmoil, coaches coming and going – the recruiting has suffered immensely. There's not a lot for your new coach, Mike. No, what is it? Mike Novell. There's not a lot yeah. for him to work. There's not a lot for him to work with. What we have on the other hand is an established Georgia tech program. This is just going to be another day where they're taking care of business out here. And Mike Novell has got a lot of work to do to get this Florida state program back to a level of respectability because I hate to say it, but the last few years they've been nothing but a dance of, nothing but a bunch of damn bums. Well, we'll see on Saturday. This is our first game that we are not aligned to, so it's uh, my first opportunity to move ahead. Uh, let's move on to the next games. We've, <laughs> we're going to move on to the NFL. We've got the Texans opening up the NFL season, traveling to. The Kansas City Chiefs, um, it'll be ring ceremony, banner hanging time for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're minus nine. Mike, who do you have? I'm taking the Chiefs minus the nine all day long. That's a high-powered, high-octane offense. I'm not buying this idea of some quarterback rivalry in some competitive game that the, the ESPN has continually sold this on between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for the past few years. I think the Texans, they are more of a program or team where you got some names. You got Bill O'Brien, former Patriots coach. You had Deshaun Watson over there. They lost DeAndre Hopkins this year. I really the Texans never really do anything for me. They're continually, in my mind, like the Minnesota Vikings of the AFC. They're nice, but they're not someone exactly that's going to step up when you need them the most. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus nine. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with Travis Kelsey. I'm going with the Honey Badger. I'm going with my boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I love me some Chiefs this week minus nine. That's what I like to hear, Mike. You really don't need to ask me the question. I'm taking the Chiefs all year, no matter the point spread. Chiefs minus nine. Put it on the board. It's a lock. You're taking Chiefs every game this year, no matter what the spread every is. Every game, all year long. You think you think every the guy like all year long. That is quite that is quite the statement and quite the declaration. We're going to nail your balls to the wall on that all year long. If you gotta switch up bold. on us, gotta be bold. If you switch up on us at any 
time moving forward, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> all right. What's the, all right. So the next game, we got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And the Seahawks are the dogs on the road. They're minus one and a half. Take it on the Falcons. Mike, who you got? You know what, Byron? There is no doubt in my mind that the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson are the superior football team to Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are a team that had their moment in the Super Bowl a few years ago. They've been on a steep decline. They managed to scrap it out to save their coach's job at the end of last year, but I don't think anything's changed. It's just another marginal football team going up what could potentially be an NFC contender for a spot in the Super Bowl. The Seattle Seahawks, they got Russell Wilson. They got Josh Gordon in the building. They've got Jamal Adams. They're revamping that defense. I like the Seahawks. Mine is one and a half all day long. Okay. So Mike's taking the Seahawks. I, on the other hand, I am taking the Falcons. I, I just don't like Seattle on the road. Uh, <laughs> they open the season. Um, the Falcons have always played well at home. They have a much improved defense. Um, so I like see I like the Falcons' opportunity here to win this ball game. I'm glad that you added that you don't like the Seahawks on the road because I started laughing. I thought you were going to say you just don't like the Seahawks, and I was oh, like, no, "That's I a hell like of a reason. That's a hell of a reason to pick against one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL." No, I like the Seahawks. I really like Russ too. So yeah, no, you Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson. Russell Wilson. You you've noticed how I've gotten it right this week. Yeah, and not Westbrook. Yeah, yeah, very well. Congratulations. All right, so let's move on to the next game. Uh, we've got the Tampa Bay Bucks. Your Tampa Bay Bucks traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints are minus three and a half. Who are you taking, Mike? You know what, Byron? I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In an extremely close 28-24 to victory over the New Orleans Saints, the Bucks. I'll take those points all day long, baby. You know, the smart bet would be to take the Bucks plus three and a half, but I'm going with the Saints. Give me the Saints at home, no crowd, pumping that crowd noise through the stadium. Who cares? Who that? Who that nation? Give me the Saints. So for all you guys listening out there and going over these picks with us, and for some of you guys who may consider betting your hard-earned dollars based off of either what I or Byron goes off of, I want you guys to know that Byron is betting emotionally. He is already trying to go against the grain and pick the Saints specifically with hopes of pulling out ahead of me out front early because last year – when I beat him in the weekly pickums for the entire season, it was, hey. he was trauma. He was traumatized to the point that by the end of the year, he was just picking completely opposite of me, so oh, that way he could man. hopefully run the table and get a circus victory. Mike, you just there have is no logic. There is no logic behind that pick. You said you it have yourself. Such a way of telling these tales 
from how you recollect him. You know, such a way. You said it. You just said it yourself. The smart move would be to go with the Bucks plus three and a half. Right. That would be, but I'm not taking it. But ignoring conventional wisdom, once again, you're picking against me instead of against the point spread. No, I'm just picking against what I think is a smart money. It didn't matter. You know, Vegas thinks what they think. They think everything's going to work out their way. Is the house always right? No, they're not always right. So I'm going against the house. I'm going to give you the opportunity to change your pick. No, thank you. Last chance. No, thank you. He's standing his ground. He's standing his ground, ladies and gentlemen. Saints minus three and a half and Chiefs all year long. Yep. All right. So (laughs) let's go into our last game of the week. Although I do, for the gamblers out there, I do have a lock of the week for you. You know that I'm known to hit those. I think last year I completed the season at 80%. So I'm your guy if you want to go put some money down at Motor City Casino. Anyways, digressing back to our last pick of the week, we got the hometown team, the Chicago Bears traveling to Detroit, taking on the Lions. Lions minus three at home. Mike, who you got? Byron, you know as well as I do, I am on the Detroit Lions hype train. Once again, like I am every year at the start of the season, they're not going to let me down this year. I'm taking the Lions minus three at Ford Field. Everybody's going to be outside around town hitting up the bars. They're going to be outside parking their campers down by bazookies. They're going to be getting after it, and it's going to be an empty Ford Field that's going to be going crazy with just the ushers and just the team employees because the Lions are going to win this thing by 10. Love it. Love it. I'm right there with you. I'm taking the I'm taking the Lions minus the two or the three. Doesn't matter. Two, three. I'm taking the Leos here uh, to win at home. I got to add one thing. I got to add one thing here. What you got? What you got? Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears have absolutely carved up the Detroit Lions in the last three games they've played since Absolutely. Matt Nagy's become the head coach. But let me tell you this. This is not the same old Lions team, ladies and gentlemen. This is a revamped defense. This is a renewed culture. You know what? Last year we wanted to fire Matt Patricia. Now we want to take him out drinking with us. We're on the bandwagon. <laughs> They've made some great draft picks, and we are all in it Ooh. to win it. Lions minus three. All right. All right. All right. So, Mike, let me ask you this. I know you've struggled in the past with the lock of the week. Would you happen to have one for us? Well, before we get to the lock of the week, Joey Hunter asked if Bazookies has the Lou Williams Magic City lemon pepper wings. They do not, Joey, have the Magic City wings. You have to go to Magic City for those. So, back to the lock of the week. Byron, as you as well as I know, that you convert the lock of the week last year at an 80% clip. I, on the other hand, couldn't catch a damn cold in the middle of winter without clothes on out in the middle of Lake Huron. So with that being said, I will not be making a pick for lock of the week this entire season. So don't ask me ever again. I don't want to waste these people time. 
I don't want to lose their money, and I don't want to catch hate mail through the email all year this year when people put their house on the line, okay? I want to know who you got for lock of the week because, my man, when it comes down to stepping up in the moment and making that pick for that winner and getting that paper, Byron Hazley is top-notch, he's top dollar, and he's the guy to go to. Absolutely. So here's your lock of the week. Please listen up. Listen closely. I like the Steelers against the New York Giants. The New York Giants, they're in a rebuild, all-out rebuild. Steelers are minus five and a half. Give me Steel City all day. Sorry, Daniel Jones. That's a hell of a pick. Hey, minus five and a half. I think they'll win by a touchdown. Oh, they're gonna win by they're gonna win by ten. I like it, Byron. I really, I really, really like it. Yeah. So that's my lock. We don't promote gambling when you have a gambling problem, but (laughs) if you guys are in the market to take some action this weekend. Make sure you go wherever you go to place your bets and you lay your money down on the Steelers against the New York Giants, minus five and a half. Absolutely. Byron has converted at an 80% clip this year. I'm going to be completely honest, Byron. I'm about to jump on and put some money down myself with your pick. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in Byron Hazley when it comes to the lock of the week. Hey, tell you what, I zero in. I zero in. So, all, all right. right. Wow. We have really, really put together one hell of a show today. It's been about an hour and a half. Real quick, I just want to touch base quickly on our final take. Byron, Steve Nash was hired last Friday as the head coach, or last Thursday, perhaps, of the Brooklyn Nets. ESPN Stephen A. Smith went as far as questioning the hire and saying it's only because of white privilege. What was your initial reaction to this news? I think Stephen A. is a guy that's, and you and I know this, something we always talk about, being consistent. Regardless of the situation, you got to be consistent. He's not. He did not make these same claims when Jason Kidd was hired. He did not make these claims when Derek Fisher was hired. He's making these claims now because Steve Nash was hired. Keep the same consistency. Keep the same energy. Steve Nash, Hall of Fame point guard. I think he's going to do things in Brooklyn that haven't been done for a while. He's going to get Kyrie to actually pass the ball. You know? (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna gonna get that team playing like a bunch of g's i can't wait i don't i don't love i don't know i don't know what's funnier Kyrie passing the ball or chiefs against the spread all year long anyways digressing back to the subject matter byron um i agree with you here i think stephen a smith um he's obviously a very visual member of the African-American community. Um, Anybody who's ever watched First Take 
knows that time and time again, Stephen A. Smith is a strong advocate, very outspoken for the progress of African-Americans within our society. And I have absolutely no problem with that. The thing that I have a problem with here is the fact that he said Steve Nash was essentially promoted ahead of other African-American or minority candidates specifically because of white privilege. And let me tell you, I don't agree with it. The first reason is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted Stephen Nash to be their head coach. They wanted someone they were familiar with. This guy spent a lot of time working with these guys when, or working with Kevin Durant when they were in Golden State. I know Kyrie and Kevin Durant are very close, and I know that they've been on Team USA together, and I know Steve Nash has been at times involved with that team. And so it's not a shock here to see a guy like Steve Nash get the Brooklyn Nets coaching job. I don't have a problem with it, and I don't think that he got a leg up because of the fact that he's white. I think he got a leg up because of the fact that Steve Nash is a two-time back-to-back NBA MVP, a guy that essentially played in one of the most difficult eras uh, in the history of the NBA, and he went against guys like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, as well as a handful of others, and he was an absolutely incredible point guard because of his knowledge for the game. And I think you're going to see that translate to the court for Brooklyn this upcoming season. I like the hire. I don't like Stephen A's take. I think he's a little bit off. I can, you say he's inconsistent. I can respect him for being consistent for promoting the progress of the African-American male. Unfortunately, this specific topic has fallen on deaf ears because Steve Nash is an unconventional hire. This is Brooklyn thinking outside of the box instead of shuffling around the next assistant coach or the next guy who's bounced from team to team and showed little to no success. Absolutely. So with that being said, Byron, let's wrap it up here. What do you got to say to our people out there? Well, as always, I want to thank you for tuning in. We always appreciate you tuning in. When you see it, share it. If you see us post the live show, share it out yourself. Tag a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. When you see us post the actual podcast itself, make sure you, you click on and subscribe and you know rate, review us. Give us a review. We love the feedback. We'll take it and improve upon it. That's how we got to where we are today. But as always, appreciate you listening. You know, when you see it, share it, tell a friend to tell a friend. If you don't like it, someone else will. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Mask up. Stay safe. Stay blessed. You got a lot of stuff to cover. We're not shutting down the show yet. I want to let these people know that make sure you are joining us here every Wednesday live on either Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch at 930 p.m. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast. It's available on any major platform, including Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. Thank you for all of you guys that have stayed with us here today. If you've enjoyed the show, please, we cannot stress more. After the show is over, reach down, hit that share button, send it out to your people, and let them know that you enjoyed watching the Front Porch Tailgate. Byron, I fully expect you to keep the stats on the picks. I want to know beforehand next week when the show starts i want to know on monday how it all went down because we had steak dinners on the line this year and i just need to know how my picks went because we essentially threw darts at a dartboard today
Absolutely, Mike. I took stats. I put the spreads down. I put the picks in. We're good to go. You know me. I got a spreadsheet going. We're ready to go, baby. Here we go. Perfect. Numbers Perfect. going. Codes in. We are ready. Let's go. Make, make sure you guys are doubling down on Byron's lock of the week. That Steelers over the Giants minus five and a half. And also make sure that you guys are tuning into the Front Porch Tailgate every Wednesday. Go check out the podcast. Share it with your friends. I'm Michael Scott. I'm Byron Hazley. You've been stay listening safe. to the Front Porch Tailgate. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Love you guys. You've now blown two kisses on this podcast. I've blown probably about four at this point, but who's counting? <laughs> Have a great weekend. <laughs> hey, sports fanatics. You've been listening to the Front Porch Tailgate. Presented by the 5 O'Clock Shadow. If you enjoy what you're listening to, make sure to follow this podcast on platforms like Spotify, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts for hot takes, podcasts, and more. Also, make sure to help spread the word and share your favorite episodes across social media with all your friends. Thanks for listening. Until next time, have a great day.